So it was a divine prerogative. It wasn't a making of Abraham. Now, God chose him, gave him a covenant. And that covenant was not going to end with Abraham. That's what God said. That covenant will be transferred to the son and most likely to the children after. So God was very clear in the definition of the covenant that he gave to Abraham. In other words, the children that were born to Abraham, that were under this covenant, did not have to do anything. They didn't have to do anything. Why? Because they were born under a covenant. They were born under a destiny. There was a prophecy to their father while they were still in the loin of their father. But it's amazed me that the God who spoke to Abraham, I have to be very fast so that I'll click on the major issues. The God who spoke to Abraham was still alive. While Abraham fulfilled all that God has called him to do. In Genesis 26, you remember that something happened. Abraham died in chapter 25 of the book of Genesis. You remember that? But while Abraham was about to die, Abraham ensured that all that he had was transferred to Isaac. He did not stop there. He made sure that all of the children that were given back to by concubines, they were sent far away from Isaac. So that Isaac would not have any problem. In fact, in my study, I noticed that two times was Isaac mentioned. The time he was born and the time he was waiting for a wife. No other thing. No other time. It was not necessary for Isaac to be mentioned. Why? The blessing that he needed had been provided. The covenant had been provided. It didn't do nothing. That was why it was a jelly baby. Born with a silver or a golden spoon in his mouth. Didn't have to do anything. Just stay under the covenant and that's all. And that was how Isaac was born. Now, 25. I want us to take a look at this. Genesis 25. Are we there? Hallelujah. Let me quickly take a excerpt from this. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. But Abraham gave gifts to the sons of the concubines which Abraham had while he was still living. He sent them eastward, away from Isaac, his son to the country of the east. Do we see that now? He sent them away. In verse 11, I want everybody to pay attention to this. Verse 11. Because if we are going to fight in spiritual warfare, I wish I can come out and I say, you know what? There are devils around and we are going to bind them. That sounds easy. And that sounds exciting. It gives us good pimples. We want to pray. But the real issue is what I want us to see. Because prayer becomes fueled when there is revelation. When God brings us to a level, there are prayers you don't pray. God just walk. Because the devil can end up certain prayers. But the devil can never hinder revelation. Never. It's beyond him. That was why Jesus said to Peter, It is not 
the blood, nor the flesh that was revealed to you. But my Father who is in heaven. And my church I will build, and the gates of earth will not prevail again. Upon this rock will I build my church. Which rock? Not Peter. Let's read the scriptures. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham. I want us to watch this. After the death of God refused to bless Isaac because he was living on the blessing of his father. But after the death of Abraham, the Bible says, and God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac do it, Roy. How many of us know the level of the blessing that Abraham had? He was a blessed man. But in chapter 26, verse 1, the Bible says there was a famine in the land. So Isaac literally almost lost everything that he received from his father. Because the covenant actually was not just for Abraham to bless his son. It was God who said, I will bless your descendants. So God demonstrated to Isaac, you don't need Abraham to be blessed. You need me to be blessed. Your father is dead, but I'm alive. And as long as I live, the covenant lives on. As long as I live, the blessing lives on. And there is no circumstance that can stand against my covenant. Famine in the land. And Isaac said, oh, Famine, I don't like hard things. He parted these things and wanted to. And God said, Where do you think you're going? Stay right there. For the first time in his life, he was confronting a situation. Never confronted any. Even when it came to the choice of a wife, they chose for him. And so confronted the situation for the first time. And at this time, as Isaac saw the situation, he became agitated. And God said, don't worry. Live at my word. And if you follow that story, the Bible says, and Isaac sowed in the land and he had hundred fold. On what basis? On the basis of the fact that God blessed him. And told him, stay right there. Because there is always the right place to be. At the right time. There is a story of a woman in this country. Who was working for one of the richest men in the world. It's a true story. Here. And the media came around and they wanted to. She, she, she's a cleaner. Uh, where she was a cleaner. She was always cleaning, housekeeping and all that. And as she was cleaning, some media men came around, the, one of the richest men, I don't want to mention his name, and they asked him a question. And they said, how did you feel when you made the first million dollar? What was your reaction? And he thought to himself, how do I answer the question? It was a long time that I made a million dollar. He called the woman, the housekeeping woman. And wrote a check of a million dollars and said, have it. You know housekeeping? A million dollars. When she saw the check, all the housekeeping tools, and jumped up. And then she, he told the media, that's how I felt when I made my first million dollars. All he wanted to do was to just describe. But you see, somebody was at the right place and at the right time. Sometimes some of the struggles we go through, it is not in the struggle. It is in God allowing you to be the right person in the right place. Our life was never the same again.
How will it be the same? Even today, a million dollars? Now Isaac took all of this. And you will remember that Isaac did well. He had only two sons. Esau and Jacob. My problem was not with Isaac. My problem was that Isaac was able to continue with the covenant of God. But there was a man that was about to be born by Isaac. And I want us to look at this life because many of us believers are going through the same experience. But we have not been able to identify the problem. And the problem identified is half solved, they say. But if we don't identify the problem, we will never offer a good solution. If a solution comes, it will be a temporary solution that will never provide a lasting, a lasting effect. And so Isaac did a good job, passed on the covenant, gave birth to two, those two kids. But this young man, the day he was about to be born, everything was wrong with him. Everything. Everything you can imagine. The Bible says, and he struggled with his brother while he was still in the womb. He had not opened his eyes here. Struggle with his brother. I want us to take a look at scriptures and then I'll be able to pull out what I want us to see this morning. Genesis again. Let's take a look at it, scriptures. Genesis chapter 25. I want somebody to write just one verse. Verse 22. Verse 22. Yeah. The children struggled. One of the major things I noticed about the life of Jacob was that the struggle in his life started while he was still in the womb. And shortly after he was born, the struggle continued between him and his brother. And you will sense that the struggle continued the day the father was about to give a birthright. He quickly manipulated the father to receive the birthright. Now the struggle did not end there. The struggle continued to the house of Laban, his uncle. When he got to the house of Laban, he was still crooked. There was something that was not right about Jacob. The struggle was there to be able to marry a wife. He was interested in Rachel, worked for seven years. But there was a spirit of struggle in his life. Instead of being given Rachel, they manipulated him. He was given Leah. He had to work another extra seven years. And he uttered a statement that touched me. He said, Laban, ten times you changed my wages. You know what it means for somebody to keep downsizing, bringing your salary down, wages down. In other words, it was in pain. Throughout. The struggle did not end there. And I said to myself, why was Jacob like this? And you know, the interesting thing, Jacob was a man of destiny. He was a man under prophecy. You know what it means today? Many of us are children of prophecy, but we can still be struggling. There was a cloud over him. There was a particular horror, a negative horror around Jacob. Something was not right. Number two, I noticed it was not only struggle. 
Jacob was a dysfunctional person. There was a contradiction in him. Jacob was an arm twister. Jacob was a shrewd person. He was unscrupulous. He was, what else, whatever negative word you can imagine. You dare not go into business with Jacob. He's too smart. Everything about Jacob was wrong. In his mind, he's thinking on how to outsmart you each time you're together. So he was a dysfunctional person. And it isn't what he originated by himself. It was in his nature. I want us to understand it. It wasn't what he wanted to do. And I know many of us are today are here today. There is something you can identify with in the life of this man. Because many of us are young, we're saying, I want to make it. The only statement Jacob was altering since the time he was the woman is I want to make it. I want to be there first before everybody. I want to make it before my brother. I'm going to make it in this land. That was his language. But it was a nature he could not overcome. The controlling power was beyond him. It wasn't what Jacob wanted. Jacob knew that he had a destiny. And he thought, through this means I will accomplish it. But it was a nature that was terminating everything that God wanted for him. In fact, when God decided to visit him, from all the patriarchs that I've seen, Jacob was the first person God refused to speak to. He didn't say anything. To him. The only time God was going to appear to him, he gave an angel. Go see him. In spite of that, Jacob was negotiating. No patriarch ever negotiated with God. When God said, do this, they said, yes. Jacob said, okay, you know, I'm going to that place. If you can bring me back here, then I'm going to serve you. Nobody ever negotiated with God. But Jacob did. That was in, what I'm saying today is, that, is a, that was a nature. And you know what I found out in the scriptures? The reason many don't fulfill God's purpose in their life is that there may be a nature in them that needs a divine encounter. Gehazi had an opportunity to carry on the anointing of Elisha. I don't know how many portions he was going to carry. But there was a nature of greed. A man was supposed to control the wealth of nations. There was nothing Elisha needed that he did not have. How much more would Gehazi would have had? But because of little peace. The Bible says he was cursed and he became leprous. And not just leprous, his generation became leprous. Judas. Judas sold Jesus for the price of his slave. His master. I have not been able to overcome the fact that you will walk with the king of kings and the lord of lords. You saw raw miracles. People being, the dead being raised to life. The sick being healed, it has never happened. He has never seen it before. Walks the streets of Jerusalem and people were shouting and they were being delivered. The Bible says, and he healed them all. And he saw all of that. And you decided to sell him. That nature is a dangerous nature. Let's uncover the root of the problem. I know we've been praying. Great prayers. But the prayers will be effective when that foundation is dead with. Jacob saw all of this and he was excited. I want to become great. But the struggle continued in his life. was dysfunctional. This beyond that. I'm going to give us a few characteristics that I noticed. Jacob never had 
a good association. It never happened. Never. Watch his life. And as I studied the life of this man, I was wondering how did he come about this evil? You know why he came about it? If you notice and study very carefully, Jacob got the terrible gene from his mother. Remember the uncle. The uncle was a strong a ringleader in, in trouble. The mother cheated the father by presenting Jacob as Esau. You will sense that. Why did God allow that in the life of a man called Jacob? Why? And that's why this scripture is very relevant in the book of Amos chapter 7. He says, by whom shall Jacob arise? The word arise comes come from the word kuhum. Kuhum means, by whom shall Jacob accomplish? By whom will he fulfill? By whom shall Jacob succeed? By whom shall Jacob arise? By whom shall Jacob be lifted? By whom? Because as long as the nature remains in Jacob, Jacob will remain small. It will remain small. And many times, many of us believers, we have remained who we are. Nothing has changed. Ten years of being believers. Fifteen years of being believers. Twenty years of being believers. Nothing has changed. He's small. Let's take a look at the scriptures. I want to close on that so that we can pray. I cannot finish today, but I want us to just pray. I want to stir up our hearts tonight. So that we know that there are issues we need to address in our lives. If those issues are resolved, then something can happen in our lives. I noticed that Jacob carried all this trouble. But he was waiting for an opportunity in his life. Jacob left the house of Laban to be a rich man. Isn't that true? Do you remember that all the big and the good animals of Laban became that of Jacob? He was able to use, I don't know the kind of money, whether a divine wisdom. And they got all the strong animals and the bounces and they left with wealth out of the house of Laban. But as he was leaving, Jacob knew he was not a complete man. Riches, wealth, everything needed, yet something was missing. He was not a complete man until Jacob got to chapter 32. Let's take a look at what the Bible says here because I'm about to wander from this. In the whole of time to do this, but let's see it. Je- sorry, Genesis 32. Are we there? He had already left the house of, of Laban, and in verse 20, and he said, Your name, sorry, in verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and the man rested with him until the breaking of the day. Now, I want to quickly say this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, the Bible says, For we walk not. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Isn't that what it says? To the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. My perception, immediately I got here, I noticed that the problem that Jacob had was a stronghold. Tonight, we're going to put on the strongholds. We're not binding witches and wizards. We're dealing with ourselves. Those innate character that needs to be dealt with. The problem of Jacob was a character defect. It could not just be straight. Something was always wrong with him. And there are believers that are suffering from greed. 
suffering from lust. And it has held us bound for a long time. And we come to church and we're excited, but nothing is happening. Tonight, I want us to see what happened here. In chapter 32, after he left the house of Laban, in verse 28, the Bible says, he had an encounter with an angel. God sent an angel to him. And they wrestled together. Please, verse 28 says, And your name shall no longer be called Jacob or Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. I want to quickly say this. Do you see the word struggle again? Let me quickly announce to us. That was the last struggle in the life of Jacob. No, it's not here, man. You can read it in the Bible. That was the last struggle. And I'll be very, you know, glad to say this to us. The day our struggle comes face to face with the living God, that is the end of that struggle. He struggled with an angel for the last time. He encountered that angel and that was it. What I'm praying for everybody in attendance tonight, maybe not here, maybe when you get home, we need to find a time to be alone. You can never discover the totality of that nature while we're seated here. Judas was a member of a church. In fact, he was a, one of the pastors. But something was not conquered in his life. There was an unbroken ground in his life. Every unbroken ground ends up wasting destinies. That's what happens. Something anointed greatly by God. Purposeful, strong. Going somewhere. But he had an innate lust. And it destroyed him. I want us to pray today and seek the Lord. After this experience, guess what happened? The greatest fear of Jacob was taken care of. Your greatest fear will be taken care of. As we come to the Lord. You know what? One of the major fears in the life of Jacob was Esau. Because Esau... I promised. He raised a curse over him. The day I see Jacob, I am going to kill him. That's what he said. And he meant what he said. He was going to kill him. He was a strong man. But guess what happened? He saw Jacob, thank God, not before this experience, but after this experience. When he saw Jacob, the bounds, he loved him. He hugged him. Because when you find favor with God, men don't have choice. They must be in favor with you. And we get to what I'm saying today. It's not just saying, oh God, favor me. No! Find favor with God. When you're blessed by God, no one can curse you. When you're favored by God, no one can hate you. They will love you. They don't know why. They will do things for you. They will ask, why did I do it? What went wrong with me? What was I thinking? That's exactly what they're going to say. You know why? Because you're found favor with God. That's what happened to you. Immediately he saw that, he found Esau. And this is the last I'm going to say because I don't have time to go to the details. Genesis 35. Let's see. In 33, that was where he met Esau. In 35. For the first time, God, the maker of heaven and earth, the giver of all good gifts, the ancient of days, the beginning and the end of the first and the last, spoke from heaven and spoke directly to Jacob. For the first time, how refreshing would that be? How glorious would that be? You know what I'm saying this morning? You will never comprehend it until you read Hebrews chapter 12, chapter 13. It says, if they refuse him who speak from the earth, 
How much more shall they refuse him who speaks from the heavens? Whose voice shakes the earth? And he has once said, I will shake the heavens and the earth. The Bible says in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is full of power. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks cedar. The Lord breaks the cedar of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord. When God speaks, and in Genesis chapter 35, let's read together. I want everybody to read, please, if you are awake. 35 verse 1. And I want us to read in unison, if all of us are here. Genesis 35 verse 1. Then God said to Jacob, I want you to read just one word. What did he say? Amos, arise. arise. Does that answer the question in the book of Amos? Yes. By whom shall Jacob arise? Only one means. God spoke to Jacob and said, Arise. Arise from the crucibles. Arise from the stronghold. Arise from the things that had held you bound. Arise. 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 May your destiny arise. That's what he said. Whatever I said, you burn on to this woman. Arise, Jacob. He said, Arise. And I love the next two words. Go up. Ever say, Go up. In other words, move to the next level. Arise. Move to the next level. Arise. Move to the next level. You're no more bound. You're no more lowered. Now it is time to be lifted. It's time to go up. Arise, Jacob. Go up to bed. This is not the end of it. Oh God. Verse 9. Somebody to read verse 9, then we'll close. Oh, now it became it became a usual place for God to go. Now I've, I'm finding you useful now. Now your your life has become my temple. He didn't used to see him. And unless one day God came again and came again, and that sounds like the book of Genesis to me. The Bible says the Lord came in the in the cool of the day to speak with Adam, because now Jacob was looking like him. He was looking like God, and God said, "Now I found a friend. I found him. I've been looking for him for a long time. He's been gone, but now I found him. How powerful is God's covenant?" Instead of Jacob destroying God's covenant, God said, you rather be a broken man than for my covenant to be broken. And you know the greatest thing to know today? Jesus purchased the new covenant for us. You are not just crying for covenant. There is an already paid covenant. There is an already paid covenant. You are not struggling for covenant. You are not asking God for covenant. Jesus purchased the new covenant. And the Bible tells us that the new covenant is a better covenant based on a better promise. Yes, yes. Verse 9. And then we pray. I will say blessed. 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 To me, this is a true blessing. This was never mentioned. For the first time, God blessed him. And also God said to him, I'm the God Almighty. You have been running around to make things happen for yourself. You know what God said there? He said, don't run around again. I am the Hesh Shaddai. I'm the big-breasted God. I'm the Almighty. I can supply him. I'm the Hesh Shaddai. I can supply everything that you need. Why running around? Be fruitful and multiply as a nation. Let's rise up to prayer.
I'm not going to spend beyond this because we need to pray. I have 10 minutes, we're going to pray.